Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim, I'm good. Uh, my day's better because we're spending time together. Right on, right on. I, it's, you know, we finished last week's podcast, 183, and I just said that was effortless. That was, that was effortless. That was fun. That was... That was good, and it, and it makes me have a little bit more anticipation than normal uh, for 184. You want to tell us a little bit about 184? You're continuing something you began last week. Yeah, this is the second part of a two-parter uh, yeah. called a Response to Asbury. And uh, uh, in 183, Jim, we talked about and uh, unpacked together what God's been doing at uh, Asbury uh, College in uh, yeah. Wilmer, Kentucky, and uh, among other many other colleges, yeah. uh, Christian yeah. and secular uh, yeah. across the country, and it it really tickles me that God's doing this at secular campuses too. Yes, uh, yeah, me too. Very yeah. excited about that. And um, and Jim, I, I told a little story about uh, Laura and I coming back from vacation, and we decided to detour one morning early uh, and go to Asbury to see if we could get in and just experience whatever God was up to there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were unable to get in. We had gotten there too early and we didn't want to die from hypothermia standing yeah. in line. <laughs> oh so, yeah. yeah. We came home yeah. and, uh, and uh, about maybe it's two days later, I was praying one morning and the Lord just in my heart said, John, you don't have to be at Asbury to receive a fresh touch for me. And, and that started a series of Sundays, actually, in a row, where the Lord just started dropping some words into my heart about how He wanted me to respond. Yeah, yeah. To what He was up to, and so uh, last week we looked at the word teachability and mm -hmm. how important it is for us to not try to duplicate what God is doing, not try to manufacture. It in our own environments, you know, we, we said this, you can't, you don't manufacture revival. You just make room for it. Yeah. And, and so we said, whatever God is, the teachability piece is God, whatever you're up to, um, I want it to work on me first. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be open to that before I, before I try to lead, let me put it this way, before I try to lead anybody down this path or into this whatever you're doing, Lord, let it work on me first yeah. as a leader. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of what we, we worked our way through. We, we both uh, were grateful that one of the common threads of what God seems to be up to is, is a real deep sense of his presence, his peace among other things. Um, and, and, you know, our, uh, the anxiety levels of college students are through the roof. Yeah. And God's so smart. He's so brilliant. Yeah. He he and and he moves in a way uh that just meets this unbelievably difficult problem that our college students are dealing with. And it yeah. just speaks to his genius. So that's what we talked yes. about in yeah. 183. Love it. So you mentioned that the Lord spoke to you kind of three three words. We talked about teachability, and today we're coming back to two additional words. What's what's the first one? Uh the next one is hunger. Yeah. Hunger. Uh, Psalm yeah. 63, David said, 
O God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you. I love the verbs, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in June, Jim, I'll celebrate 49 years of walking with Jesus. Um, but even so, and I, I, I guess I mentioned this in 183, I have seasons where I feel like I'm I'm in a rut, you know, and, and, and I'm sure. in a good rut uh, because yeah. I'm spending time with the Lord daily. But yeah. from time to time, I sense that need for refreshing, you know, <laughs> renewal yeah. on the inside. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if any of our watchers and listeners uh, can relate to that. Oh, I'm all of them. you, Jim. Yeah, sure. Well, it's funny. It's not, it's funny. My walk with the Lord has ebbs and flows. My walk with yeah. my wife has ebbs and flows. There's certain things that would renew that. You know what I mean? They're my, my walk with my children. The only thing that's not true about us so far as my grandchildren, but, but that's a, that's a different, that's yes. a different thing. But, but I think Agreed. all covenant relationships, whether it's a pastor to a congregation, uh, a, a person to their God, uh, a husband or a wife, there, there are seasons and those seasons speak there. There's something yeah. new. I mean, pain, emptiness, dry times that I, I don't want to stay in those places. So I think about movement that that word hunger, hunger is painful. It's, it's not a yeah. pleasant sensation, but it, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for mm -hmm. they shall be filled. So it is the hunger that moves us in his direction for something new. Um, I think, I think the greatest temptation of Jesus is the last one. And that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And obviously he's fulfilling prophecy, but he has to be tempted in every way we're tempted, yet without sin. So what obedience look like in a moment of feeling God, the Father's um, presence, not, not being present, was obedience to the last thing that he told me to do. I'm going to die because I, I've chosen to obey, not out of feelings, but out of a commitment, out of a covenant, out of love. And love doesn't always have feelings. Sometimes right. love's greatest expression is doing what's right, regardless of the emotional stimuli behind it. But the greatest things come out of obedience. So I, I, I think so. I think myself, you all, all, everybody listening right now knows what it is to, to feel really close to God and weep and feel his presence. And, and sometimes just on autopilot. Yeah. Um, but it's the hunger that moves me towards that, that greater dynamic, That's you right. know? Yeah. And, and um, over the last several weeks, I've just felt fresh hunger. Um, yeah, right on. Uh, I, I feel like the Lord saying to me, John, don't be in a rush in the right. morning. Don't <laughs> don't be in a hurry. You know, just be patient, be settled. And and can I can I share a quick story about that? Yeah, please. So so just just this morning, I, I'm these headphones were had not been plugged in for a while. I got to get them plugged in, but I, it's staff prayer time. And I'm standing at the door going, God, I, if they go out and I got a, I got a coaching thing later and I got, I got this thing with John, I got to play. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, well, how about we go together down to plug in your headphones? It was almost like, no, no I have to be in this room <laughs> with my staff. I can't lead for, you know, and I came down and I just kind of giggled and walked out and said, okay, let's, let's walk down to my office. I guess you're not a prisoner of the sanctuary. You're, you're present, you know? So anyway, it's just a funny moment in my, in my morning today. Well, that's so good, and it's <laughs> and it's so true. You know, I think we, yeah. uh, I I do think that um, we maybe can feel like I've got to be around a group of people to to be hungry. I've got to be, right. uh, I've got to be in a certain location for the for me to feel right. the presence of God, and nothing could be further from the truth. 
Um, now, here's the thing about hunger, Jim, that I think uh, we might need to know, and that is that I, I believe this, that hunger flows from our choices and our okay. habits, not the other way around. Our okay. habits don't flow out of our hunger. Our hunger actually flows out of our habits. Okay. Um, you know, uh, for example, uh, the first time I ever drank a cup of coffee, I was in fifth grade. Believe it or not, I skipped church. Uh and went down to the local, yeah, there you go, Texan restaurant. Jim is uh, showing me the cup of coffee he has. Um, if, you're, if you're listening, you won't be able to see that. Um, but, you know, the first cup of coffee was probably the worst thing I ever tasted in my life. Yeah. But yeah. after like five sugars and eight creams, it was <laughs> it was tolerable. But but here's what I I did. I over time, I began to develop a taste for coffee. And, yeah. and now it's like automatic, right? Like I, mm -hmm. it's, it's part of my rhythm. It's part of my routine. And, and, yeah. and I think, you know, it, it might be a kind of a, the analogy there might not be awesome, but I believe this, that we acquire hunger for Jesus over time. Mm-hmm and through repetition. And so if you're a leader and you're struggling in your devotional life, um, don't wait until you feel hunger to start making the right choices. Right. You know, if you're not spending yeah. any time with the Lord at all, and, and, you know, every once in a while, more than once in a while, we have a pastor confess to us that they haven't spent mm -hmm. any time with the Lord in months. Wow. And wow. Uh, so, if you're really struggling with that, I'd like to encourage you just to set a goal, a reachable goal of spending 10 minutes with the Lord three times a week. Just get good at that. And after a few weeks, something amazing will happen to you. You'll start to want more of that. Yeah. And you'll yeah. add another day and you'll add more time. And your hunger to participate in what God is up to across our country will grow. So I think yeah. that is one of the, I don't know if it's a mistake or a misunderstanding. That's one of the biggest misunderstandings I think we have when it comes to yeah. walking with the Lord. Well, when I feel hunger, when I feel that sense of desperation, like David, my soul thirsts for you, my body yeah. longs for mm -hmm. you. I'm waiting for the thirst and the longing. I would just say this, build good habits yeah and the hunger and the thirst will will happen yeah. the, the more i time i spend with the lord the hungrier i get yeah the less time i spend with the lord the mm -hmm. less hungry i get yeah it's weird isn't it but that's yeah. really i believe how it how it works well we're, we're always eating right and what what are we eating and how is it satisfying us so back to the physical world I'm hungry and there's a Twinkie. I, I eat it. And what I'm hungry for next, another another Twinkie because the carbs and the blood sugar and you know what I mean? So, but I'm hungry. What do you get? Well, chicken and, and broccoli. I, I, I know which one is right. This is simple. So I would say, boy, please be careful about, you know, you are hungry and you are eating. Your soul is being sustained by something. Oh, that's um, really and, good and, point. and so to have that, that, that broccoli and chicken breast on the treadmill moment every day. I mean, you have to have that or you're being strengthened by what you eat. And if you're not consuming 
you know, this presence, then you're, you're stuck in the other one and you have nothing to give it because now you're in the world and of the world, if that makes sense versus in it, but yeah. not of it. And I think too, you know, somebody says, ma'am, if someone said to you, ma'am, my, my marriage just isn't, there's, the romance is gone. The heat is gone. The fire, you know, is gone. You say, well, what, what are your date nights like? And they go, date nights? We haven't had one in 10 years. It's like, oh, you're not even creating the atmosphere for a heart to heart conversation you or, you know, for a good night kiss that lasts longer than a kiss. So, you know, you're, you're, you're sleeping in separate rooms. You, you never spend time together. You pay the bills and she pays her bills. Like you're living separate lives. So, you know, people that, that didn't come to church for two years because of COVID say, I just don't feel connected to the church. It's like, oh, go with that feeling that you're not connected to the church. <laughs> you, you haven't said foot in the door. I just feel like I'm not connected. It's because you're not connected. So yeah. I, I think like doing there, there is a certain discipline to romance. There's a certain discipline oh, of course there is. To, to your, to any relationship, making time, making space, making room. But that, that doesn't mean now, okay, you got 10 minutes, Lord, blow my mind. It's like, that's, that wouldn't be fair in a marriage relationship. That would right. be fair in a friendship. So I, I, I think you're right. I think good, healthy, like, like you said before, making room for revival, making room. We, we don't, we don't demand it. We don't create it, but we can make room for it. And in that space, God often moves. If he doesn't at first, do it again. And again, taste and see, just a taste, but see mm-hmm. the Lord is good because there's a feast on the other side of that taste if you taste and see that he's good. Yeah. So so teachability yeah. is the first word. Hunger <clears throat> is the second word. And Jim, here's the third word, and that's surrender. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Philippians 2, 9 through 11, we all know this one. Therefore, God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, just in case you were wondering if there were exceptions, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory yeah. of God the Father. Just a powerful passage of scripture. Yeah. And, and you know what I think, Jim? And I could be... No, I, th- I don't think I'm wrong about this. I, I, I thought this through. <laughs> Experiencing revival and renewal in our walk with God is not about trying harder. Yeah. It's not about getting more religious. As if somehow the move of God is dependent on how holy we are in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that revival is ultimately about surrender. You know, in, in episode 183, we said we can't manufacture revival. We make room for it. Right. One way we make room for it is when we hand over to God what he puts his finger on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes we we miss what God might be up to because there's no space in our heart for it. There's yeah. other stuff that God that God has been pointing out, saying, Jim, John, I want that. Yeah. I want you to let that go. I want you to let that grudge go. I want you to let that thought pattern go. I want you to let uh, how you're spending this part of your day go. And when we surrender, it yeah. creates space. When we, get, when we say, okay, God, I... I I jettison that thing out of my life. We create space and room for God yeah. to do something. Yeah. What do you think about that? That thought. 
I think it's, I think everybody can visualize a full glass saying, fill me. Well, it's full, but you have, something has to be emptied to make room for that thing you're asking to be poured out on you and in you. So I, I agree completely. I think, I think we need to be careful to always present Jesus as savior and seldom present him as Lord. Right. There's that thought that forgive my sins there. It's done. It's like, no, no, something's begun, but it's not done. Something started that born again, but yeah. that, you know, it's funny if, if my, if my hangup is gluttony and I weigh a thousand pounds and I give my life to Jesus, my sins are forgiven, but I, I weigh 999 pounds the next day. There's a long journey of, of healthy behaviors that gets me back or my a million dollars in debt on credit cards. You know, yeah. I, I wake up the next morning, it's, my sins are forgiven, but there's still a, a consequence to my actions. So that, that making room, you know, God, I, I want to be free um, requires steps that lead towards freedom. We're, we're, we're free. We're, we're saved. And, but there is a, there's a Lord named Jesus, not just a savior named Jesus and right. his commands will lead us to this ultimate Liberty that comes through surrender. It doesn't make any sense, but, if you want complete victory, just give up. That doesn't make sense, but it, it, it's who we're giving up to that 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 makes all the difference in the world. So I don't surrender to debt. I don't surrender to cheeseburgers. I don't surrender to credit cards. And I surrender to Jesus. And in, and in dying to myself, become more alive and becoming his servant, become more free. It, it's contradictory, but it's not. It's It makes absolute sense when you understand. You know, I was single once and I had all these rights. Then I met Dina and it wasn't my life. It was our life. And then we had kids. I, all rights surrendered. Mm-hmm. All responsibilities. I, I, you know, my life, our life. I have no life, you know. But I've never been happier because because I, in giving myself away, I'm I'm actually more fulfilled. It's it doesn't make any sense at all mathematically, yeah. but it makes all the sense in the world. So, being in in covenant relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the ultimate freedom, and yeah. often it comes after our own death. You know that yeah. that sense of dying to myself. And I wonder, Jim, if if this is a part of the puzzle that we just miss, mm. this this surrender piece. I believe that Jesus yeah. meets us in the place of surrender. Yeah, He meets us there. Um, yeah, at our at the day we give our life to Jesus, Paul said, "If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord." Yeah, Jesus is boss, and yeah. you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Yeah, and that's the first act, you know, of surrender, where I remove my hands off the wheel of my life and say, "Jesus, <laughs> you're the boss," right? Yeah. But it doesn't stop there. It, surrender isn't just a one-time event. I mean, I come mm-hmm. back to the place of surrender again and again, and I think all along the way, you know, you talked about somebody that has to lose a lot of weight. I don't think. You know, as an example, as we're making gains, as we're as we're shedding uh, things in our life, we don't have to get to a place of total surrender before God begins yeah. to fill those spaces in, Jim. It's, no, right, it's right. as we go. Um, yeah. The best definition of surrender I've ever heard, and this I think came from my chaplain at Oral mm-hmm. Roberts University. A long time ago, he said, surrender is saying, Lord, I take everything I know about myself and I Mm -hmm. surrender it to everything I know about you. Right on. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, that's good. And and so it's an ongoing Mm -hmm. thing because I'm always learning new stuff about myself. 
that needs to be dealt with. And I'm always learning more about him. And and so I, I think if we don't learn this, if we don't teach people that this is a pathway that you're going to have to go down. If you want to be a serious yeah. follower of Jesus, I think we're doing yeah. them a disservice. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm preaching at a church and I'm giving a an invitation for people to follow Jesus, almost always uh, I'll say something to this effect. You only have to give up one thing to become a follower of Jesus, and that's the right to be your own boss. Right if you're not yeah. willing to give that up. Yeah, you know, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Don't don't even try. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this surrender piece is I you know, you can have teachability and you can have hunger, but without surrender, Jim, I suspect a fresh move of God's spirit in our lives will be elusive. Yeah. 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 I I think, you know, back to that. Uh, when I'm doing pre-marriage counseling, and uh, again, the earthly covenant relationship yeah. that has a lot in common with the heavenly covenant relationship, right? Yep. So you say, okay, you know, after this thing called a wedding, there has to be this really long funeral before there can be a marriage. In other words, both of you are going to have to die uh, for the other one before the two can become one flesh. So, you know, I, I want to get married, but I still want to go on dates with other women. Well, you're not, you're not married. You're, you right. fundamentally misunderstood this. Uh, I, I want my money and she doesn't get any of it, or I want my freedom and he doesn't have me right over. Like, stop, you're, you're both, in order for you to both win, you both have to lose. Now, Jesus has already lost. He's already given his life, right? right. And now it's our turn to give ours. And I, I agree that that surrender, one of the things that's marked this revival has been that humility. It's been that surrender, that confession yeah. of sin to God, to each yeah. other. Um, people, I, I saw one picture was two students that had some issues with each other. And they went across and they hugged each other and wept and apologized. And it's funny is what was happening in that moment was what whoever Jesus was to both of them, it was bigger than whatever the problem was between them. Yeah. And, and this is the solution for, for most unsolvable problems is Jesus to be bigger than the things that separate us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that, that is that humility, right? So yeah. John, thank you for this. This is beautiful and brilliant. And we hope that those of you that lead in these times, like don't, when someone comes back from revival says, we need this here. This is a good, if these are a good series of thoughts for you to respond to them in a, in a loving biblical way. Yes. You know, we're, we're not manufacturing this here. Well, you need to do this, this, and this, and this will happen. Like, stop. I, you know, people that go to these places and come back and want what happened there to happen here. I, I get, I, I get the fundamental request, but you know, they have, they have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea what they're asking for. So, so yeah. you as a leader, as a pastor being comfortable in this, and being in a position in this so that as God does move, you can lead. You can't lead people where you've never been. So that that humility, that teachability, that all of this is dealing with that. So thank you, John, for, for your wisdom on this and leading leaders through this. So I mean, if somebody wanted to have a conversation with you beyond this, maybe this issue or another one, how would they get a hold of you and, and have that? Sure. Uh, ConvergeCoach.com. There's a, a big old um button in the middle of that screen that says uh, start a conversation you click on that that gives you uh, 30 minutes with one of our teammates and and jim really our heart behind the last two pods you you caught it right there at the end we wanted to share this to help leaders yes yeah you know like how do i how do i deal with people who insist we must set it up 
yeah. in our location the way it's happening and and i hopefully this has given you a framework uh yeah. to to have that conversation in a constructive way um but if you would like more time with us that's the way to do it just reach out to us we'd love to spend 30 minutes with you uh, no obligation awesome awesome so thanks guys we're praying for you we love you god's doing great things don't don't miss the wave be a surfer paddle hard get on top of it and the wave's going to do most of the work right that's yeah. what revival is so win the lost um preach the gospel the rest belongs to jesus including you so we are here for you we love you we're praying for you as you continue to lead from alignment